Hello, and welcome to the Miskatonic Playhouse. I'm T.A. Newman, your host. My team and I will be bringing to life scenarios using the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, which contains mature themes, cosmic horror, character death, and loss of sanity. Our mystery can be found in the Miskatonic repository, where people like you and me can write scenarios for others to play. We are proud to have this episode of the Miskatonic Playhouse sponsored by the Storytelling Collective, who provide an excellent course on scenario writing, which many of the team have taken to help improve their writing skills. We'd also like to thank Sirenscape, whose tools have provided the background sounds that you hear. We welcome you to Alpaca in the Sheepfield by John Hall, which you can find at DriveThruRPG in the link attached. Tonight's performance is directed by the author of the scenario, acting as keeper to this group of investigators. We have Stu. Hi, I'm Stu, and I'm playing Gail Eduardes, who is a high-flying reporter born in Boston, and apologies for the accent, who <laughs> is here to get her next big scoop. She's going to make it big. And Bridget. Hi, my name is Bridget Jeffries, and I am playing Lucas Bump from London. Uh, he is the producer of this ragtag crew. You can always catch him with one of many notebooks, pens, a long trench coat. Uh, and he's typically throwing around more money than he should, but he's really excited to be here. And Pete. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm playing Joey Grant, who is a 34-year-old Mancunian cameraman who is a little bit loud, obnoxious, wears a bomber jacket, a little bit of a coke fiend. And I am T.A. Newman. I'm playing Bill Nowacki, who is a Boston-born, fit, expensive, hip street clothes-wearing sound editor and recorder. And over to our keeper. Yeah, I'm John Hall, but everyone calls me Hedge. I wrote a pack in the sheepfield, and I'm going to be playing it this evening for you all. And now it's time to pull back the curtain and roll the dice. Keeper, the stage is yours. I actually want to have a quick discussion, and this is going to be uh, a recorded discussion amongst the group. Uh, you are a group of investigative reporters, and my question is, are you from a newspaper, a TV channel? Are you mainstream? Are you... What is your background as a set of journalists? How do you know each other? Obviously, Lucas, you've brought them together, so maybe you want to start with some ideas. So, Lucas, actually, let's start here. You've got a tip-off. There has been some kind of murder where a body was brutally torn apart in a tourist hotspot on the west coast of Scotland, a small island. It's interesting, it's weird, and you're gathering a group to head out there as fast as possible. Uh, what is your connection here? What is sort of person are you? What is your background? Yeah, so Lucas has an unhealthy infatuation with the macabre. That's just something that he's constantly been into. The macabre, the occult, those things that go bump in the night, which has probably bounced him from a lot of uh, reputable platforms but he has money and he has enough connections and he can pay really well for the degree of talent uh, that he can afford so this is probably and this is a table suggestion uh, this is probably one of those like peripheral type of investigative journalism not something that's going to be mainstream or even recognized unless it explodes and if he does he's got the right team in place to actually roll that out so your team tries to basically sell on to other productions so you're mm -hmm. a freelance team if you will 
more or less, yeah. So he's 1099-ing out when he's contracting out to like, hey, I need you. Are you available? Come here, come here. Whether or not they have full-time positions elsewhere, he has a hot list of people he enjoys working with. Okay, so I assume that what happened was early this morning, the rest of you got a phone call and you were told to get on the train, bus, plane, whatever, to Glasgow. You headed out on a small train. You got off on this tiny little train station at the very end of a line and you got onto a ferry out to a small island in the middle of relatively nowhere. It's raining slightly. The sun is coming up and it's one of those amazing winter Scottish days where it is both beautifully sunny and raining at the same time. The wind is up, making conversation out on the platform of this tiny ferry, almost impossible. But the four of you have retreated to a small plastic table on the inside looking out on this scene. And you are sat around this little table having a discussion about what your plans and aims are for this project. And this time I'd like to just introduce everyone. So let's start with Lucas. Yes, yes, yes. Very well. Thank you so much for joining me on such late notice. Uh, I'm assuming each of you, and as he's talking, his fingers are moving fast. He's breathing very heavy. His trench coat is flapping in the wind. And he's like adjusting your food and your entrees like in front of you awkwardly while the plates or the dishes are still in front of you. He's compulsive that way. He's like, and uh, I trust that you, you, you all know each other. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Joey, uh, Gail, Bill, you all know each other. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. And Joey sort of slouches back, uh, pulling his bomber jacket up around his shoulders, you know, in the cold, doesn't want to be there. Just sort of like glancing out the window, just like, stay to this place. Elle removes a, a headphone uh, from her uh, from her ear, looks up at you all, and uh, oh, I've worked with this lot before. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you think this grey, grey, rainy place is going to be where we're going to get the next scoop? I mean, Lucas, I, I've worked with you before. You, you generally know what you're talking about, but this better be a good one. You dragged me all the way up here. I know, and I pay big money to drag you up here because you are the absolute best journalist that actually still answers my phone calls, and thank you so much for that. But no, you this 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 will be good. I, I have it on good authority that whatever happened here, this might be it. And he always says that every single time he drags one of you guys out of your home. This might be it. This might be it. This might be it. Gail sighs reservedly. Bill is, is just on his phone, kind of like scanning up. He's kind of like, it admits when, when Lucas is kind of talking, it might look like he's kind of taking notes, uh, but he's actually kind of like tapping in what he's had to eat that day in like a in like a food diary, just clocking his calories against kind of, you know, the walk that they had to the ferry and things like that. But when, um, when Joey did mention, uh, or, or kind of like pull up a bomber jacket, you did see a wry smile from Bill. That's, uh, that's last season's. I mean, it's nice, but, uh, I mean, it's last season, huh? But it's nice. It, it looks good on you. I mean, you, 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 you make it work. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Well, Lucas, you were saying something about a thing? Yes, yes, yes. And Keeper, what, what does Lucas, what do I know about this murder that has my attention so strongly? So you obviously have a number of connections in the police force in different places. And one of your connections has called you up and said, hey, this is a very weird thing that's happened. We have reports of a body that has been torn apart uh, as if by a wild animal uh, appearing on this small island off the west coast of Scotland. And the strange thing is this island has no large predators. However this happened, we're really not sure. We don't really have a lot of clues or leads right now. It's weird. It's odd. It's right up your street, Lucas. Perfect. So yeah, he'll definitely relay that. Um, how long ago did uh, was the body discovered? The body, it was hours ago. 
Oh, ours. So this is fresh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is fresh. It is uh, presently quarter past eleven, and the body was discovered at six a.m. this morning. So you've gotten there. They're fast. Gail, you're going to love this one. We're going to head first access to the body, first access to the news. Uh, Joey, from what I'm hearing right now, this this body was completely mangled. It looks like it was dropped inside of a blender and thrown everywhere, but there's no wildlife. And then he starts like double backing on himself and starts like pulling in stories from like previous cases that we investigated. And he's all over the place, but he's really excited about it. He's just completely in 15 places simultaneously. And as you sort of just have this discussion a little bit, we're going to move forward to the ferry docks and you look out over this uh, small rocky island, you can actually see the coast twisting um, to the north and the south. The, the island's barely five miles long. And you come to this tiny little ferry dock. You come out to a small car park containing four or five cars and a little bus. The, the four of you sort of head on into uh, the driver nods to you. And the four of you are in it. And this one young man with uh, bright red hair and ears that are a little bit too big for his head sort of like comes on with you and big smile on his face and sits down and the bus starts driving away. He looks at you, looks back, kind of four of you, looks back. Are, um, are, are you here about the murder? Oh, you better believe it. Uh, what, what do you know about this? Uh, what, hey, uh, Joey, get the camera running. We'll, uh, we'll do a bit of a oh. uh, piece of the camera again. Oh, like, uh, oh, all right. Uh, uh, I, I, do I have to wear a mic? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm sorry. I've only I'm only just getting home. I, I worked the night shift in Glasgow. Uh, yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll 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 tell you what I know. Um, yeah. So Cole Forrester uh, apparently died last night. And uh, this this uh, Mister Mister Forrester is he uh, uh, somebody known around the island? A big character, big name. It's a big name. It's held, it sells. Uh, Sells very well. Um, a big name, I, I, I guess. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, he can be a big name. Um, he's from Glasgow. Glasgow. He is. Yeah, there's no many people from Glasgow on this island, but I call uh, is. Uh, but yeah, he he worked on some of the boats. Uh, he plays a lot of cards doing the anchor. It's the local pub. Uh, yeah, and Gail is living in Glasgow at the moment. Will she have heard of this this coal? Uh, I can't think of a reason why she would have, no. Okay, fair enough. And uh, it's okay, we'll turn to the camera and say, so on this uh, rural route out into town, we find the first person who has a link with this body. Now the question is, of course, on our lips, who could have killed this Cole Forrester? Could it be the innocent bystander? He looks, she looks at the, uh, the boy with the red hair on the bus. Well, only time will tell. I was I was working. I wasn't on the island last night. I, I work nights in Glasgow. So if you weren't on the island, how did you hear about the murder? My ma texted me. Good point. <laughs> and what could you tell us about the the locale of this uh, this murder? The, the local oh oh right yeah. So the body was found near the McCain farm, which is like a like twenty minute walk out the the town. So we're on Dal. This is Dalbray, and so McCain Farm's like twenty minutes from Dalbray Town. I live in Dalbray Town with my ma. My ma's called Liv. She's lovely, and I'm Marcus, by the way. Um, lovely to meet you. All. You're so nice. It's so exciting to have something happen. Obviously, it's very sad that you know obviously Cole died, and very sad about that. But you know, it's very exciting to have something happen in our, our wee tune, You know. And Gail will end the interview there, and uh, 
thank you, thank you. Cool. Well, we're arriving in tune. So if y'all want to come here, I mean, it's off season, so not much is open. But uh, I guess like the anchor is over there. That's the pub. And then if you all need a lift or something, I'm off. So just drop me a line. I live over there in my ma's house. And then, uh, yeah, I guess that's really about it. If you need any directions, let me know. Any other pubs other than the anchor? Anchor the main pub? I am sorry, there's there's only really the anchor. Ugh. Hey, Marcus, uh, the, um, you know the anchor, but uh, the cafes, uh, gyms, spas, what, what, where are we going? What, what else we got on here? There's a beach. Right, and they, they like circuit groups and stuff, they got things going on, have they? Sometimes people walk on the beach. Uh huh. We do a lot of sailing. Bill will look at Lucas and just kind of go, uh huh. This is good. Lucas is completely oblivious to that look. Uh, he is whipping out <laughs> <laughs> one of his mini notebooks. He wants to verify Marcus's the spelling of his first and last name the spelling on live, get his contact information since apparently he has a cell that works out here. And most importantly, he's like going to rip through and get like one of those uh, disclosure forms for him to sign. Like if you could sign just right here, that'd be great. Yep. And uh, today's yeah. date is... Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, there. Marcus Campbell. I'm not, I'm not going to be on the telly. Yep. You might, son. And then he's like snatches it away from him. Then he does go, uh, Marcus, quick, quick, quick question for you. Your mom texted and said that the body was found. Did she have any guesses on what might have done it? What the locals are saying may have happened? Uh, everyone's really confused. I mean, Ma says it was the Shona, but Ma says everything's the Shona, so... He's going to look around the car at the other three people with him that are obviously smarter than him because he's just going to assume that's something he should know, but doesn't. Forgive me, I'm, I'm not from up the, uh, around here. What's a, what's a Shona? Oh, the Shona. <sighs> Ma always talks about it. It's like, um... It's like an ancient protective water spirit that like protects the island. She makes like, she draws pictures and then sells it to tourists when they come. And then every year at uh, Midsummer, we do like this festival and like we, we pour beer into the ocean for the Shona. Uh, how close are we to Midsummer at the moment? It is January. Oh, okay. So not. No. We'll wait until the summer, Kiefer. All right, yes. Six, six months passes, you build lives in this snow. Six months later. <laughs> Joey says, uh, to go, I know a show now. I know the show now. And takes out like a soft toy that he has that's shaped like it. Like a little wave. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. so you, you've heard of the show, the show now. Uh, give me, I'll take uh, an occult or a hard history from Joey. See if we can pull some more information. Mm, okay. Uh, let's go for... History. Oh, it's a three. Oh, wow. Nice roll. Out of five. Wow. First roll of the game. Nice. We solved the case. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joey, obviously, it's one of these little stories that kind of comes and goes in the world of um, Scottish fairy tales. Scottish fairy tales can be a little bit all over the place. They tend to be a mishmash of cultural uh, phenomena from Ireland, from England, from uh, Scandinavia from Europe and the Shona is a small little cultural concept of a, a protective spirit. You see them all over the place, but here on Dalbray, the island you're on, it, it got intermingled with Christian symbology and it is known to be something that protects the island, but no one seriously believes it. The thing you do know is that um, Shona take you is a thing that people say. 
Okay. I'm going to relay that to the group, just like, but then obviously when I'm aware that I'm sounding a bit too clever, I kind of wind it back and say, oh, I don't really know where I got this from. It's just, yeah, just a thing. Stuff it back in my pocket. Marcus is like nodding along and see all those things. If you want to know more about the show, Nick, I suppose you could ask Mama, but uh, I think she's busy this morning. Uh, but do you guys need a lift? I can drive you to Sean's if you like. Great. I'll, I'll pop by the anchor in like 20 minutes. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, uh, are you, you're going to pop home before you come back to the anchor? Yeah. Yeah. You, you think you could get some photos of some of those uh, drawings that your mom makes? Aye, sure. Uh, sure. I mean, I can bring you one if you, if you like. I mean, she sells them for a wee, a wee bit, but I guess I can show you one. It's fine. Yeah, just just for show, just for show, just so we can get uh we can get uh, Joey here to kind of do a, a nice crisp uh, view of it. Oh, you want like the piece to camera and all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, yep. Mama love that. Aye, no worries. I wonder if I need to get her to sign up, and he's already backpedaling into this. <laughs> she need to sign a disclosure as he's getting out of the truck. <laughs> and Marcus sort of wanders off, leaving you in this um, colourful little town. So Dubray Town's only about 20 to 30 houses. It's quite small. Uh, there's one main street that goes down. Uh, one side is the harbour and the other side is the set of houses. And then just up an alleyway slightly, uh, there is a literal anchor hanging in front of one doorway. And it's the only place in the entire area that looks like it's got any activity at all. That's probably the pub. Well, I think we should uh, head into the pub. Yeah, get some drinks in. Yeah, let's get a drink in. I'm going to, if they don't mind, I'm going to set a mic up in the background, just get some kind of, you know, generics, atmosphere, all that kind of stuff. Does, it, does the anchor, is it? does it move? Is it moving with the winds and stuff? Or does that make any sound? Yeah, it's quite, it's still very windy. So the anchor is swinging in the wind. So I'll, before I, I will go in in a minute, I, I'm going to stand outside and just with mic and equipment, just quickly get the sound of that. So that if we get any visuals on it, yeah. It's recorded. I'm going to say to Lucas, because Lucas, do you want me to shoot some B-roll in this, or is it is it too windy? No, no, no. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. It'll all come out in post. Hey, how do you know about the show enough? Where'd you pick that from up? Uh, I, I can't remember. I, I, I got it from, I think a friend gave it to me a little while back. I've had it for ages. You, you, you brought it with you on this trip? Yeah, I just take it everywhere. It's like a little lucky charm. It's like, you know, and he takes it out, and it's like attached to his keys. It's like a little key ring thing. Yeah. Huh. Uh, he doesn't believe in coincidences, so he will eventually attempt to fire the synapses to tie that together later. Uh, but he'll hold open the door and then go in, and he'll actually front that first line of drinks for everyone. It is um, not even midday. But okay. Joey says, I'll have a tub of vodka. <laughs> so you... <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> you walk into this little... Uh, village boozer and there's a, a wooden bar a couple of uh, slightly um, rickety looking tables with uh, chairs splattered around them and there's a woman standing at the bar uh, her right arm is in a sling and she has these uh, two very long ponytails she's got these very blonde hair these two long ponytails that swing out behind her she's quite bulky looking very strong and she is busily cleaning the bar and she walks she says oh hello welcome welcome to the anchor oh come in come in sit down can i get yourself something to eat okay a cup of tea coffee what can i do for you i'll have a, a, a coffee if there's a coffee going i'll uh i sure I'll take I, one of those yeah uh black or white oh black definitely oh, no three worries. sugars yeah, I heard a, a triple vodka uh, for a friend. Uh, I'll have the same. And then what's on the menu today? Uh, we got soup. Uh, the soup is um, a lentil soup. And we got uh, sandwiches. 
Yeah, let's get a half dozen of both of those and we'll just figure it out afterwards. He's throwing money around because he can. Hey, you uh, you got a cranberry juice or something? Uh, I got diluting juice. A what? Um, like like uh, raspberry? Uh, yeah, yeah. You got a um, bottle of water. <laughs> you, got, you got water? Bottle of water? Like bottled though. Uh, have you tried Scottish water before? It's uh, we don't really tend to bottle things up here, but uh, I can put it in a bottle. Yeah, I tend to like stuff like from like places like the minerals, lakes, highlands, things like that. Like, have you got bottled water? Uh, sure, I can. I can. I'm sure I can find. Uh, give me a. I'm, I'm going to take a, a charm roll here just to see what happens. <laughs> I feel like it needs to just. I just want to establish. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, Bill, I'll take an appearance roll here. Okay. Okay, let me just have a little skizzy. Okay. Okay, I got a 69 over 50. Okay, so she's not particularly impressed by you, Bill. Uh, I actually need to pause the game a second at this point in time. As the, uh, and the reason I need to pause the game is that we haven't rolled luck. We haven't, have we? And none of you have luck at present, so uh, just for... <coughs> I just put a hundred in. Is that not? Uh, no, yeah, uh, it's three d six times five. Thank you very much. If you would all wouldn't mind rolling and adding to your sheets, just so you know. But uh, I just wanted. Damn, his luck would be that damn low. I wanted a hundred. Well, I've got uh, fourteen, so that's seventy. Gail is lucky. Likewise. Likewise. Oh, Bill is lucky. It's going to be harder to kill, but not impossible. But not impossible. <laughs> little extra effort. It's not the character, it's the player. <laughs> <laughs> this bar woman uh, looks at you, Bill, and she just shakes her head. And um, give me a spot hidden, Bill. Oh, God, what am I doing? This is shocking. Uh, I've got a, oh no, this is nowhere near, 86 over 25. Yeah, she brings your bottle of water, definitely. Uh, just as you asked. Um, actually, it tastes really, really good. Yeah. Oh wow. This. Oh man. This is good. This is like the the proper like lake kind of mineral stuff. Hey, good work. I appreciate that. That's amazing. Aye. I lean towards Lucas and just say, I've never seen anyone get excited about water before. Have you? No. And I don't know where she pulled that bottle out from either. But no. Bill looks happy. She looks happy. Everyone's happy. I'm tapping it into my phone. Bottled mineral <laughs> water. Bottled <laughs> uh, Ma'am, are you working this place all by yourself today? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's my my bar. Yeah, I'm I'm the owner of the anchor. I'm I'm Carol. Carol, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for um, helping us. Are you are you you journalists? Oh yeah, we're uh, we're here to look into the murder. Um, the oh. uh, the the death up in uh, of uh, what was his name? It was uh, Mr. Cole Forrester. Aye, cool. Now. I don't suppose you, as obviously a, a well-respected member of this community, might have any idea as to what might have happened to this uh, Mr. Forrester? Aye, aye, I'm, af I'm afraid I do. Ooh, please do tell us. Uh, well, to be honest with you, he's the one who, uh, who gave me this. She points to her uh, broken arm. Aye, um, it's a bit of a, a sad story, to be honest with you, but... I mean, if you if you want, I can do one of your interviews or something. Well, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. I, are you uh, free to do it now? And I mean, do you want your foot now, or do you want me to? Well, uh, no time like the present, if uh, if I may coin a phrase there. Um, Joey, you uh, get the uh, camera rolling, Bill. You got the sound. 
Uh, what's the what's the sound like in this place? I think it's uh, pretty good. Uh, where's best? We put you with the uh, your back against the bar. That's good. Is there an anchor around the bar area? Sort of. Uh, like? Yeah, there's a another same thing. The anchor there. Like she's she's literally positioning herself so the anchor is very clear no matter where it's angled. This is a woman who's like tried to get the anchor. Fantastic. And uh, okay, camera's rolling. Here we go. So I'm here with Carol, who is the landlady of the Anchor Inn, and the murder victim that we have been discussing, Mr. Cole Forrester. Well, Carol, you've had some run-ins with this Mr. Forrester. Uh, please do tell us more about the, uh, well, everything that's gone on. Aye, we have. Aye. Uh, so Cole is a regular, or what, sorry, Cole was a regular here at the, the Anchor, uh, which is in Dalbury, and uh, we're open all year round. And if uh, and last night he was in here with his friends, um, who caught him cheating at cards, and they had got into a bit of a fight. Uh, I went over to stop him, uh, but he was very violent, very angry. He was a little bit drunk. Attacked us, screamed at us, and ran out the door. It was very, 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 very intense. Happened last night, and then this morning, yeah, he was found uh, up near the McCain farm. It was very, yeah. I mean, it's obviously very sad. Shocked all of us, but. Uh, yeah, no. And would you say that this uh, Mr. Forrester was a, uh, a regular violent, uh, a regular miscreant? Was he the sort of person that would, would attack people unprovoked or just a, a generally bad egg who would cheat at cards? Or is this uncharacteristic behavior for such a man? I am going to ask you for a persuade or a, a lower charm as well here. I am. Oh, I hope you get it because that was such a great question. I am yeah. going to go for my. Oh, 65 in charm. Let's see what I get at charm. That is an 81 over 65. Can, push can I push this roll? Yeah, so I think what happens here is you ask those things and Carol looks a little indignant. She looks a little mm -hmm. angry at the idea of, like, you've asked her to basically betray one of her own. So you need to push this in some manner. What do you say to her to see if you can just, like, knock her off? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna lean in and say, yeah, look, woman to woman, we need to make sure, of course, that uh, the truth is always out, and us, us women have got to stick together. So, if of course you know that this man might have been a, a violent, horrible man, we need to know. So, if you'd be willing to give us a bit of your insight, and of course, we might not necessarily use this in the interview. This is just more for our background, so we know what's going on. We are filming, but we might not necessarily use it. Are you happy to uh, to uh, to answer right. this? I'll take that as a push roll, and that's a good push roll. That is brilliant. Great. 86 over 65. So, you get the feeling that she is very angry at the eye. She, she looks, it was like, there was like, there was almost a moment where she was going to say something, where she was going to admit to what happened. But uh, then her like her tribalism kicks in and she goes, Cole Forrester was a lovely man. I'll not hear a bad word said about it. No from anyone, no from you. Thank you very much. But if you do want to book into the anchor, uh, we're open all year round. We've got some rooms upstairs as well. So if you want somewhere to stay, it's very nice. Uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Carol, for your interview, for your time. Uh, it is appreciated. And uh, no hard feelings. She's this giving you the absolute stink eye right now. Okay. She is not impressed by you, Gail. One iota. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, Gail will go and sit down at the table and drink her coffee. She knows when she's been beaten. Did we say there was other people in the pub? 
Uh, so right now, uh, there is a man sitting at a table having a sandwich in a soup, quietly drinking away. He uh, has looked up a couple of times at you, but he hasn't really said anything. But uh, at that point in time, beep, beep, a car pulls up outside and Marcus Campbell leans out of a, it's one of these little three wheel things. What's it called? A Reliant Robin. Uh, there's a chance Bridget that you don't know what a Reliant Robin is, so please Google it if you don't. I can see it in my head though. So as you say three wheels, I'm seeing the glass casing. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. He pulls up and he's waving at you. I was like, I'm not getting in that. I'm not getting in that. This is expensive stuff. I'm not getting in that thing. If this was your equipment, fine. But this is my equipment as a free. I'm not risking my equipment in that. Hey, yeah, but you could, uh, Joey. You could get a shot of that thing. It's. Uh... Oh, that's what. It's, that's worthwhile, is it, Bill? That's worthwhile shot of a Robin Reliant. Really? Did you hear that thing drive up? It's got a unique kind of purr to it. It's uh, it's got a thing. It's 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 very, it's very this place. Is it not? I I don't know. I I just. Hey, the most impressive thing about this place so far has been the mineral water. Uh, yeah, just, the bottle of mineral just, water. <laughs> just make sure next time that boom doesn't go in my shot. All right, that boom. You you're so close. I'm telling you, I had to move uh, the camera down. Come on, mate. Well, I saw you move the camera, so I moved the boom. It was, it was like, yeah, who shot first, huh? Come on, simpatico. Come on, we've got to be working together on this. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, you're right. Company first. I got it. So, uh, he, Mar- Marcus had told you, Joey, that it's a 20-minute walk, so you could walk your equipment over if you so wished. No, Joey, Joey's also quite lazy, so Joey is going to just sort of suck it up and get in the back of that thing, but, like, just not be happy about even being there. Is there room for all of us in there? I mean, with the equipment and stuff, it's a tight fit. <laughs> hey, I don't mind. I don't mind uh, carrying a few bits and uh, having a bit of a walk, stretch my legs, a bit of a run. I, I'm I'm happy with that. You do all fit. It's just it's one of those situations where you're like knee to knee in the back of the okay. uh, car, and Gail, obviously, you've ended up up front somehow, and you're driving along this tiny little uh, country road in the middle of this thing. Mark says the anchor's a lovely pub, isn't it? It's great. Found the uh, the landlady a little abrasive, but uh, oh, I you know you know she's gonna deal with fishermen, so she's she's you know she's gonna deal with what she's gonna deal with you know she's oh she's always been great to me, Carol. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's difficult to get on a bad side, but if you know you just, just <laughs> shade. <laughs> yeah, I've just on my Samsung phone, I've just put like a voice recording thing on, and I've just pressed record. Just while we're in the car, just while he's talking, nothing. Not, there's no thing. There's, I've, I've not shown Lucas because we're not got a disclaimer. I've just for my own sake of recording what people are saying. So uh, yes, uh, Carol was saying that uh, Cole was being a little bit uh, violent. Is that uh, in nature for him, or is he generally a placid pillar? I mean, uh, I'll take a. This is a persuade, I think. So like, let's go and do sixty-five again. That is a 37. There we go. That's what you need. I I, I mean, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but he used to cheat at cards. Mm. You know, and that... I mean, it's not his fault, really, I think. I think maybe he just... He's from a different culture, you know? Just driving along. And he's... uh, For me, you know, I was brought up on the island and everyone here has got a really strong sense of fairness and doing what's right. And you know he's from he's from the city. You know he he tends to sort of like think about winning and competing and say, so, yeah, you know, no one plays him at cards anymore. Well, I mean, you know, Jim plays him. Uh, Jim and he, Jim and Cole were pretty good friends. He was playing probably playing with Jim last night, to be honest with you. But it's it's really just 
you know, Jim that will play with him, and Jim knows he cheats, just doesn't care. Hmm. Anyway, here we are, pulls up, and you find yourself coming into this. It looks a little bit like uh, it's been cut out of a hill. It's almost like it's a tiny little quarry, and there's these old, decrepit-looking buildings that look like they're falling apart. You, you would actually mistake it for ruins if it hadn't been for the fact that there's a sort of a fairly modern-looking tractor with uh, one of these diggers on the front of it, and there's a few other bits and pieces out that makes it seem that it is an active farm. And there is a man standing, sort of giving you a bit of a wave as you kind of come in. It's this big, big, smiling guy. And Marcus says, this is the McCain farm. So that, that's Sean over there. Uh, he found the, the body. Uh, I'll just hang out here if you guys want to go and say hi to Sean. Um, I told him they were coming, so he's all ready for you. Oh, fantastic, Marcus. I really appreciate the, uh, the ride. Such a unique vehicle. Uh, and it kind of rolls to a tumbling stop. It's this little shape. It's the um, the radio suddenly starts playing without reason, and it starts actually playing you um, the local forecast. It starts telling you about the weather just out of nowhere. He struggles to switch it off. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, just a second. What is the forecast? Uh, it is presently raining lightly, okay. and as you, as you listen to the forecast, it is forecast for heavier rain later today. That's unfortunate the west coast of Scotland, I'm afraid that's... It's also par for the course. <laughs> good lad, Marcus. Good lad. Yep. Uh, we're going to pop out. Uh, we'll be right back. And he'll slide on out of the <laughs> out of the vehicle. Yeah, it's one of these ones where you've got to bring the front seat down you've got to clamber out the front. Yeah. It's a very tight fit. And you kind of come to this little farm. Uh, it, yeah, it's really run down, but the man's standing in front of you. He's got a fairly youthful face uh, with a fairly close cropped beard starting to grey she's got that lovely feeling of uh, both young and old features at the same time and he goes hey uh, nice to meet you all uh, I was told you were like the journalists yes uh, Mr. McCain is it hi I'm, I'm Sean Sean it's a pleasure and instead of extending the right hand to shake that right hand extends with a disclosure oh uh, just permission for us to take some shots of the farm, have a conversation with you, things of that nature. If I could just get your, and a pen is directly going into his nose, if I could just get you to sign right there, that'd be so fine. Thank you so much, Sean. Uh, 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 uh-huh, right there on the line. Uh, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a fast talk here, Lucas. Oh, God, no. All right, let's see what we're doing You're here. Fast talk, fast talk, fast I'm talk. I'm boozling this man a little bit. This should be comical, guys. His persuade is a 75, but that fast talk is a five. <laughs> oh. That is going to be a probably a critical fail with a 94. No, you're good. 94 is safe. That's just a Ooh. normal fail. Uh, do you want to... So if you change tact here and move to a slightly more persuasive tone, I'll let you push that roll with a persuade, but I need you to tell me how you're going to do that. You're going to allow me to push with a different skill? I love you, Keeper. Well, no, this, if you just have to tell me how you go about that. Tell me a story. Yeah. Paint the picture for me. No, I love it. Give me the reaction that I'm getting with the failed fast talk first, please. He looks sort of, basically, he looks overwhelmed. Uh, you're getting the impression of a simpleton right now. He's a bit like... Uh, oh, uh, apologies. It was it was Sean, right? Sean, Sean McCain? Aye. Aye, perfect. And how do you spell that, Sean? There's a bunch of different spellings for that name. And basically what he's doing is he comes on very strong. He's very overwhelming. He's very loud. He talks fast. 
but he recognizes that he can overwhelm people. So now he's dialing back. Let's start with the basics. Let's start the spelling of your name, the spelling of your last name as the paper is going into his hand. Right now, this disclosure is just a bunch of legalese that one of my lawyers, Troy, you would love him. He's a fun fellow. Uh, his wife is a trash cook, but we always say that her blah, blah, blah is the best. Uh, but he wrote this up and he basically he's doing that chummy, chummy, slow it down for him. All right. Okay. Right. Give me that persuade. It's an important one. <laughs> oh, Holy. Oh, God. Viewers, this is a 75 on a 75. <laughs> there we have it. There we have it. Okay. He gives you a very long, slightly piercing, slightly kind of fuzzled look. Oh, okay. Signs his name. And then he is going to get out of that conversation and let Gail do what Gail does best. So here we are at the McCain farm, and we have a Sean McCain here with us. Now, Mr. McCain, you are the one that found the body of Cole uh, Forrester, the uh, shredded victim, as we call him now. And uh, tell me, what were your feelings when you first saw the body? Uh, Sean's uh, face was a little bit nauseous. Um, uh, I mean, it was fairly disgusting, to be honest with you. Is um, yeah, it was sort of everywhere. It was. I mean, do you want to see? I was out walking in the morning, you know, trying to find a lost sheep. You know how it goes sometimes. And so I'm out walking. I'm heading up the hill, and yeah, just everywhere there was like blood and gore. So I came back down and. Well, uh, I called the police and they were here. And then they said I should expect a journalist here at some point. And uh, now it's now. Is the, the body still... Oh, um, no. Well, kinda. So, <laughs> there were a lot of pieces. And so the police took the bigger bits. Um, do you want to see? I think it may be worth our while having a look for the camera. Oh, all right. Well, come on then. And he starts heading off and he starts leading you up. So basically the, there's this sort of uh, farmhouse space, but there's a wee path that tends, seems to be leading up the hill. And so he leads you slowly up this hill uh, to the slightly forested side of this thing, which isn't cleared. The other side is cleared. It's pens and farms and open space. But this is a little foresty area and it becomes sort of a, a walking path. And he sort of leads you up. He says, I was walking up here yesterday. Oh, this morning, really. Very early, you know. And then I just come across here. And um, I'd like the group to all just give me a sanity roll at this point in time. Oh, my. Is this because of the way he's speaking? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's hysterical. I actually do lean over to Lucas as we're walking up there. And, um, and nice. And I do actually say, uh, Lucas, uh, you, you want me to double time him when we, when we come playback so he speaks at a normal speed or do we just keep him as is? I don't know. Let's cycle back and figure that one out after we see what we can see. That might play great with the audience or it might tank our viewings. Okay, okay. so for those who have um, failed, let me tell you a little bit about what happens now. In front of you 
is just a horrendous sight. Uh, there's a small open forested clearing and there is blood on every surface. It reeks of sort of evacuated bowels and uh, the viscera of the body and just these horrible sights and smells all congealing. And so anyone who failed their sand roll is going to take uh, a 1d3. Can we just go around? So, uh, Joey? Uh, I passed. Uh, Gail? I failed with 86 over 60. Okay, so that's 1d3 sand loss. Lucas? Uh, Lucas got a hard success on this one. He is built for the gritty. All right, and Bill? 17 for 60. Pass. Excellent. So, Gail, you're the only one who failed. And I lost uh, three points of sanity. Nice. I'm also going to take a constitution roll from you, Gail. Yeah, absolutely fine. So that is a 59 over 45. Excellent. Now, Joey, I'm going to take a luck roll from you. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh boy. lovely. <laughs> that is a 99 <laughs> out, of, out of 40. Protect the oh, camera. Joey, this bomber jacket's going. So the yeah. good news, Gail, is you're very professional as uh, a, as an, a journalist. So you manage to step out of the camera shot before you throw up straight onto Joey's shoes. Oh, what? Gail! Um, Jesus Christ, come on! I'm sorry, Joey. Joey. Just, oh, I just can't. This, oh, there's a side of it. I'm, look, let's take five, guys. I'll let go in there. You, Bill, you still got that bottle of water on you? I'm still recording because this is just great reaction. So I'm just, I just hand the bottle of water uh, outside of camera shot, I think, and just kind of. Well, the, the camera's already pointed down uh, now. He's, he's not, he's not bothering. He's just like okay. trying to like scrub off the, the vomit like under bits of grass by the base of a tree. Uh, then it's not working. I'll, I'll stop uh, the recording. The mic. Uh, yeah, here you go. Here you go. Uh, keep it. Yeah, Gail is going to down the bottle of water, swill some of it around, spit it out, and just drink the rest of it down that bottle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did. I was. I was. To be honest with you, I was pretty. Yeah. It was something, and there were bits of you, like his, his head was over there, and then there was like an arm in that tree. It was something else, I'll tell you that. And then, uh, well, I didn't know what to do, you know. Uh, so I went to find the sheep that I had, and then I brought it back down to the pen, um, and then I called the police. Y'all, if you all don't need anything, I'm going to go back to my tractor. But uh, you just let me know if you want, like, a tour of the farm or anything. No, Sean, I think we'd really appreciate that. Has there been any other type of gruesome attack like this on the island that you can recall since you've been here? I mean, this is... He's everywhere. Was, is everywhere. No. (laughs) Sean, are you... you, I mean, I think the real burning question here is... uh, the sheep okay? Oh, I, I got myself an alpaca, you see. Right. Clever man, clever man. He has no idea what that means, but he knows what an alpaca is. He, uh, an alpaca is. He doesn't know the context of why he's proud about that. So he goes, oh, clever man, clever man, clever man. And then uh, Sean begins to wander slowly back down the path. Hey, uh, Sherlock, take ya. Ooh. Any reaction? You know that's an insult, right? Oh man, I, I I am sorry. I I, I read it. Uh, I uh, one of the 
uh, kind of looking at Jerry. I, I, I look at the. I, I heard it was a thing that people say. Like, uh, I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Uh, please. He gives you like uh, very like unimpressed. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologies. Apologies. Joey's uh, sure. just pissed himself laughing. We are so bad with people. <laughs> Oh, Lucas, I'm sorry. Gail, Joey, I, I, Joey, I thought you said that was a thing that people say. Joey just shrugs and is laughing. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, real funny, real funny. Why? Gail, yeah, darling, you okay? Gail is, oh, no, I, I, I think we need to get out of this field. And she tries to hold back more vomit. Um, thankfully, successfully, I hope. Um, yes. But is, is already making her way down the hill away from the the clearing that we're in at the moment i think she leans on a on a on a, on a low wall and stares out over the the valley just to catch her breath so gail you're basically at the um the, the edge of the farm now so you've wandered just it's a uh, hundred odd meters away from up the hill where the rest of them are the rest of you are at this uh site and joey's going to try and get some shots of like all the the viscera and, and the bits, just like different shots of the actual body. Is there anything that he can tell by... Yeah, I'll give you a spot hidden here. Okay. That is <laughs> 85 out of 60. Damn. Is that worth the luck? Mm. Yes. I could try to push it, couldn't I? I'm going to get, if that's all right, I'm going to get, the zoom's not quite working, so he's going to get really right in close manually. Uh, maybe to something that's like just hanging above him in a tree. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I definitely know there's going to be a wonderful consequence. Maybe he's like, kind of like here, so. steps on a bit of a tree and sort of like tries to overextend himself. Yeah, on, on the cliff edge. Oh, God. It's a two. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so you get some uh, fairly gruesome shots. You know what Lucas likes. So you make sure to zoom in on some of the really horrendous like bits of flesh hanging off trees and some of the blood-stained little nooks and you get the zooms really, really nice. And you know that you'll be able to assemble this in post and make it look fairly gruesome. But as you are paying a lot of attention to the ground and the space, you know that the path seems to lead up and there are footprints that lead up to the top of this hill, kind of coming away from this site. Just while Joey was doing that, Bill would be trying to catch kind of like surrounding sounds, get the sound of the location, any kind of wildlife, anything else that's kind of going on just for those kind of you know, sweeping shots that, that Joey might be getting. Would I be able to kind of listen? Uh, you can listen, but uh, you're not going to get any particular clues out of that. But what I will give you is the fact that the wind's up creating a lot of, uh, and, but when the wind turns in the right direction, you do hear the buzz of the sheep coming from the nearby mm. fields. Uh, Sean clearly keeps sheep. That seems to be what he does. He seems to be a sheep farmer. And you can see sort of heading the other side of the farm, there does appear to be large open areas with a light rain falling of the sheep gathered there and a couple of uh, large barn areas. Uh, but that's the only sound you get in this area. Thank you. So Lucas's jacket is like flapping in this, picking up wind, and he's pointing at like tree, like, okay, head was there. We've got an arm he said was there, and he's backing into the scene. Can I possibly back into the point of attack to look down? Like, did he step on a grenade that would cause this? 
Lucas can't think of any animals that would like take a person and like dog shake a rag toy and throw it all over the place. Like he's trying to understand like how did how did he get spread out this far? And the second thing Lucas wants to know is the anchor was 20 minutes that way. Where the hell did he live for him to walk past this particular spot? Why is he on this guy's property as he was leaving the bar that night? Those are the two things that Lucas is trying to back into. Cool. I think this is an intelligence role. Okay. So there's something available for success, hard success, and an extreme success here. So I love my 94s. That is a 94 over 50 on my int check as he's backing up into nothingness. <laughs> You can't think of an explanation for this. Simple simple okay. as that. A grenade is plausible, uh, or some kind of landmine maybe, but you see no explosive area. Uh, so you really aren't... I mean, I, wild animal attack is the obvious one. Like that. So perhaps there's something loose on this island. That's all you have. It, it could be anything, unless you would like to push this role in some way or take another approach to this, that's all you're going to get here. No, I think he's just going to do the the head scratch and just accept the fact like this is some, he got a good phone call on this one. This is definitely some weird stuff. Lucas, you're right. You, you seem to be uh, pondering there, thinking on stuff. Yeah, Bill, I just don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand why he came by this particular path and I don't understand how he ended up everywhere. Like landmine would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a grenade or something of that nature. But if it was, if it was an animal attack... Do you know anything that eats this sloppily? I mean, its head was 30 feet up in this tree. Only thing I've seen eat like this is, um, well, apart from Joey, uh, I don't know, got to be Discovery <laughs> Channel, got to be Nature, I don't know. It's, uh, as you said, you know, but, but if, this is, if this isn't an animal, can someone do this? I mean, like, like you said, his head's up there, his legs over there, his bits and bobs are all over the place. I mean, like, if this isn't an animal, and then, then what kind of a person does this? I... Bill, I've got nothing. Do, are any of you outdoorsy enough to be able to track? Not so much. I mean... Something on the ground? Maybe something the cops miss? Joey, you have noticed the footprints. There's a path up here, lads. There's, there's like footsteps going up here. But, hmm. I mean, uh, police aren't treating this like a murder, are they? I mean... Uh, why? Why has he left so much of this guy around? Like, what are they doing? Maybe it's just small town, you know. There's uh, to be clear, all of the big bits are gone. The little bits are still dripping out of trees. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. hey, we're here. The path is heads up there. Come on, let's let's have a little hike. Let's uh, let's play match up there and have a little. Okay, Joey, where'd you say it was? Uh, up, up here. It goes up the hill. Is Gail all right? Is she coming? Yeah, G Gail. Let's uh, yeah, let's just uh, pivot to Gail a second. Gail, you are leaning against a wall. You are looking over this sort of decrepit, falling apart farm that this uh, slightly odd, slightly slow man seems to be quietly wandering around doing tasks. So you've been watching him for about five minutes now, and every couple of minutes he sort of looks up and smiles at you, or gives you a little wave, and he's he's engaged in. You, you guess farm work. Uh, he's headed into a bar and he's come out with uh, one piece of equipment. He's taken it over somewhere else. He doesn't appear to be doing that good. The impression you're getting is of a slightly weird man alone on an island. I think 
scale is still, although perturbed by what she's seen up in the clearing, she still wants to get that scoop. And as a bit of a busybody, as quite an intrusive person, I think she's going to watch Sean with interest and, and then think, well, you know what, we might be able to get a bit more person here. So she's going to uh, start the microphone that she's got. She's got a little microphone set with her, pop it in her in her Mac pocket and uh, wander over to Sean and say, uh, hey, can I uh, give you a hand with uh, anything that uh, you're doing while we're waiting for my friends? Oh, uh... Yeah, actually, that would be, uh, that'd be really useful. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Dar. Oh, that's lovely. Aye, and he sort of, um, he begins, he sort of leads you over to the tractor and he has you variously hold bits of it as he just screws. It looks like he's, um, he's changing the attachment to the tractor. And for whatever reason right now, it seems to have like a, a big scoop on it as if it's more like a JCB arrangement. And so you spend the next five, 10 minutes helping him change the use of his tractor for whatever reason. Uh, what are the rest of you doing while Gail appears to be engaging? Yeah, I just want to make sure, just, just to clarify out of game, we want to hit this footpath where we saw tracks, but we're going backwards to grab Gail first. Correct? Is that what I understood, at least from Bill and Joey? Yeah? I think Joey was just sort of curious whether she was coming or not. But he's ready to go up. Hey, Lucas, if, if Gail's not... Uh, she She's busy. Come on. We, we can we can do this. We've got the camera. we got the mic. We can we can do the Gail a bit later. Let's see what we see. You can see that he's actually conflicted. Like, his shoulders are facing the way Gail went. Because this is, you know, uh, Gail. This is somebody that he's responsible for. They're on an island. They don't really know anybody. And she's off by herself. But he's also listening to you, Bill, like, there's nobody to interview on the top of this damn hill. We should just be able to. And he's like, you're right. She's fine. She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, let's 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 just go. Let's head that way. Splitting the party is always up. <laughs> hey, yeah, look. Listen, Carl, look at this path breaks into three other little paths. Let's each take one. Yeah, but it's it's sort of fine. And as you get to the top of this path, it's a fairly steep, um, not particularly pleasant path. It's mm. it's one of these poorly maintained paths that you see uh, in a very wet country. And so it's got muddy bits to it and you sort of clambering around trees. It looks half like an animal track. But you kind of break out and you get to the top of this hill uh, and you're sort of above the farm now. So if the farm was in a bit of a quarry, you're now on top of it. And the sun is shining, even as it rains on you. Uh, it's cold, it's windy, but it's sort of pleasant in a slightly odd way. And from this position, you're actually at the highest point of the island. Oh, nice. And so you can see the shape of the island. It's just a few miles across. And you can see the whole thing from this position. You can see across the mainland of Scotland and the sort of the clouds sort of fall in so it looks a little foggy as it goes over there but it's clear and bright and brilliant out into the sea and on top of this hill uh, is a slightly odd thing which is there's a kind of collapsed set of earth and a large couple of rocks creating a natural cave hmm. uh, just sort of sticking out is like um, an, an edge to the cave so there's a, a way in it doesn't look particularly deep or anything but it's, uh, it's an odd shape to be on top of this hill. As you look around to the south, you see the island of Dalbray, and you can sort of look over the edge of this cliff face down onto the farm. 
Joey's going to immediately get like some really good shots of like the whole island just going into like camera mode for sure. Bill knows he's not going to get great sound up here and he's probably got kind of pre-recorded wind rain sounds that he could put on this later on. So he's not going to bother kind of getting the equipment out in the rain for this, but uh, he will have a little trek around. He will have a little nose about. Um, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's quite into being outdoors and running around and climbing and whatnot. So he, he's, he's enjoying this and kind of moving through the area. He's going to have a little poke around at the little nooks and crannies uh, and things. Yeah, so uh, I assume, Bill, then you sort of head into this cave structure. Yeah, I think I'm definitely moving to it. And I think if, if there's any sound to record, that would be a place that's protected from the wind. So he's thinking about getting some like creepy cavey sound kind of things. Yeah, um, actually, the first thing you'll notice with this is you can sort of, as a climber, I know it's uh, one of Bill's many passions is climbing. So he sort of thinks, oh, actually, there's a cool ascent in this cave here that you can maybe build. Mm. It's a little bit wet, but actually it's the, the the ceiling's quite dry. And as you sort of head on in, what you're looking for is the, the start. And as you get to the back of the cave, it sort of closes up and closes up and becomes quite small. And at the back of the cave, um, it becomes impassable. It's too small to get in. And there's just this um, the crack that seems to lead in and down that you can't get any further in. Like, it's too small for you to wiggle through. But there is this crack. It does seem to go down into the hill, I guess. So I think Bill's going to kind of get his uh, boom mic and he's going to kind of get as far as he can, like up to the, the actual kind of yeah, bit, bit where his body kind of wedges in. And then he's going to get the boom mic and he's going to kind of angle it almost kind of down into the, 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 the bit as far as he can. He's just listening. So he is recording, but he's actually just listening intently as well. He's wondering if there's, if this is a natural formation, if it's kind of like water driven, maybe there's a, you know, there's a pool down there, internal water force things. They can make some of the most brilliant, creepy sounds or water dripping from stalagmites, stalactites and things. So he's, he's really kind of angling the mic down there just to see what he can hear. I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm going to give you uh Listen roll, and you'll get something interesting on a hard success roll. Super cool idea on that, by the way, Bill. Yeah, Bill's, Bill's good at his job. Uh, he's very good at his job. And he drops his mic. No, uh, he's actually got a... <laughs> uh, he's actually got a 26 out of 80. So that's a hard success. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Bill, there is a dripping of water. And of course, you are fantastic at sound. You know an awful lot about sound. And you hear the distinct sound of water dropping onto metal. Hmm? I can hear that tinny punk. Yeah. No one else would get this, but you, Bill Novachki, you know. There's something down there, Bill. There's something down there. Thank you for joining us for Act One of Alpaca in the Sheepfield. And thanks to the sponsors of this production, the Storytelling Collective, about which you can find out more on our website, miskatonicplayhouse.com and find us on the social media platforms with links found in the show notes. Until next time, when the curtain rises again. <laughs>